Cuphead and all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hiya, folks. Old Man Grognard here. Welcome to Friday. Oh, boy. Finally got here. Start of Memorial Day weekend, and I hope you're all doing well. Well, I had some thoughts about things like the convention. North Texas RPG Con is about two weeks away, and I'm running a game. Some people run more than one, but I only run one per convention, so I can play and just schmooze and have fun. I let my grandson do all the playing for me. I'm in a couple more, but... But I was thinking about what to do as far as running a convention game. Now, there's a lot of advice there. I've given advice in other episodes about this, but I just sort of wanted to kind of update that a bit from what I've learned running convention games. So, here's a few thoughts on that. When you come up with an adventure and you plan it, try to plan more than you need. And that's pretty much goes without. I mean, you've heard me, you've heard me talk about this before. It goes without saying, but you know, sometimes you have to remember plan more than you need and then cut down. It's easier to it's easier to pull back. I learned this in acting. It's easier to pull an actor back doing too much than it is to try and get them up to a level of performance. And it's the same thing with D, with game masters. Plan more and cut if you have to. Always have scenes where you go, okay, I can. I can condense that into maybe a couple of things the NPC says or something, or I can, I don't really need that scene for it to go from here to here. So, because it's always handy, because every game runs short, you've got them there. So, that's a good thing. Another thing is playtest. Playtest, playtest, playtest. I have a regular Monday group. If you don't have a regular group, at least talk about it to somebody who's not involved in the game, who's a gamer. But try and play test as much as you can. I have my Monday group, and they're great because I can do... If we're in the middle of something, I say, hey, okay, I need these sessions for play test in my game. And they'll go, sure, sure, wonderful. And I will usually have pre-gens for them. And if I don't have pre-gens, I have them roll up a character and then use them as pre-gens for the convention. Ha, 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 I'm so smart. So, you have that. You should always play test. I did my play test, and I always allot, since we have, we run a three-hour game every Monday, usually. And so, I try to take a block of two sessions. Two sessions, that's a six-hour game right there, and usually games at conventions run about five to six hours. So, it's usually a two-parter, and what I learn about not only about the adventure but about the system I'm running even if you know it's funny because even if I've run a system for like 10 20 30 years if I do a play test I still find things out about the system that I either have to look up change or just make sure I'm aware of them like for instance this year it's mutant future and I'm always a little wary of... Po- I love post-apocalyptic games, but I'm always a little wary of them because of the power level. I always thought Super's games did it better as far as things like powers and mutations and things because they're geared for that. 
And a post-apocalyptic game can get out of hand real easy. That's why that's one game I always make sure I have pre-gens and I look them over. Because if I let them roll their own, they're going to come up with something god-awful that just scuttles the whole adventure. Uh, and things in post-apocalyptic things, things are just tougher because they do stuff like they base your hit points on your constitution. And I'm not talking about pluses or minuses. I mean, you get to roll a hit die for every point of constitution you have. So if you have 18 constitution, that's 18 hit dice right there. Ouch. And and I always wondered, at the beginning, I always wondered, I looked through the monster sections of these games, and why have they got so many hit points? Now I know, because they have to compensate for the high hit points of the PC, or hit dice for the PCs, but also they have to compensate for all those weird mutations or whatever they they have. One of these days, I want to run a post-apocalyptic game with nothing but pure straight humans, just pure humans, and let them deal with the weird world. You can give them gadgets or whatever they need, artifacts, they call them, but you know, you just, just a bunch of humans, go. In fact, I'm really toying about doing that for this coming convention. So, like I said, playtest the hell out of it. It, it, get at least one session of playtest. You will find, I mean, this, this time, like I said, I found out about, you know, I was looking at things and and we had characters who could just do these mutations that would just like devastate. I mean, devastate the the, the opposition. I had a I had a big old monster out there out there, and one guy had a vampiric field was like twenty feet around, twenty uh, diameter twenty feet in diameter, and the thing would suck hit. You'd be in the field, and it would suck your hit points. It's a vampiric field, and he would do stuff like put it like about head height. And uh, finally, the monster, the big old monster, finally, he lied. To, you know, they knocked him down. He stayed down. Even though he regions, he stayed down because he was afraid to get up because he felt tired every time he got up and he wondered why. So it's things like that that can really, you, you got to really pay attention to something like that. I almost lost the bad guy in the first session because the, they just, they hit him so hard when they first met him, I didn't even get a chance to... It's one of those things where it's, oh, there's the big bad guy, blow him away, boom. And so they just they just ran over him. The next session, go, aha, okay, let's start thinking out the box here. Will we... Because I barely got... He barely got his health back. with the, the, the med kits and the bots brought him back in his organization. But next time they met, he was wearing a force field belt. He's wearing a force belt, force wall belt. And so... He had that going for him. It automatically lowered his AC. And so they had a harder time getting through to him because it was just ding, ding. Now, if you really want to do it with the bad guys, make it ablative. That way they can still get through, but they got to work at it. And I like that. But, you know, they were, they were bouncing off. But they found other ways to get to him. But I just wanted a good fight. And they were they were steamrolling over everything. So I had to fix that. I was running a little short, so I added a scene that made sense. I happened to, because what I do is, when I plan out a, an adventure, I figure out what areas they're going to be adventuring in. I mean, and it's all, and every, you got to face it, when you prep, everything you do is 
likely. Everything you do is possible, but it doesn't mean it's going to go that way. This is why I said you should have extra scenes in your back pocket or something like that. Plan more, plan more than you need, and then rein it back because those other scenes will come in handy if they wander off the map or something like that. And I found out that I was running short, so I added a scene in this village that was a big fight and attack. And it worked out. It was perfect. So I got to add that scene back into the scenario. Because, you know, you're, you're under a time limit in a, in a convention. I always think you're not under a time limit, but you are. I mean, normally. What I'm saying is because I've been to so many conventions where, okay, we need this room for the next game. Hey, you guys want to come up to my hotel room or go in the lobby or the bar or something like that and continue with this? Yeah, sure. And there's people who have, like, started a game. It's funny. I've seen people start a game at the beginning of a convention and are still playing it at the end of the convention. It's like they're doing a whole campaign in, like, four days. And I'm thinking, wow, yeah, you miss. I mean, I still see my, you know, I still see my friends. I go to the dealer's room and stuff like that. You have time to do that, but you know, having a whole campaign over a whole, whole convention is that's cool. That is, that is really cool because you, then you start bonding with people. You have friends. You've got new friends all of a sudden. So, so I, I, that to me that is extremely cool. So always have extra stuff to do. So stuff that makes logical sense to you, of course. But, I mean, yeah, you've got random encounters, but they can only get you so far. They, they'll keep them occupied for one or two, and but it, it starts getting old after I start rolling it. We kind of make a joke out of it in my, in my group. I mean, you know, there's, oh, you're going to roll for random encounters? Uh, okay. And then I start rolling. And they know I'm doing random encounters, but I always manage to work it into the plot one way or another. I'm not going to, I've told these stories, I'll, I'll say for another episode, I've told stories before where I've taken a random encounter and actually made it a plot point, which is, it's like, yeah, yeah, this is what being a game master is all about. Yes, doing stuff like this. So, you know, plan more than you need and play test. Those are the two biggest things I can tell you before you run, because you're going to be running in front of they always say a bunch of strangers, but like in North Texas, like half of them I know already. So, <laughs> and I sort of, I guess I have a rep, you know, I, I don't think I have much of a rep, but I got a rep. So anyway, take that advice. I'm going to go start my day. And if you guys want to talk to me about this or argue or whatever, you can drop me an email at oldmangrognard at gmail.com, or you can drop me a voicemail over at Anchor. They have a lot of good voicemails. They got a new voice message thing where you can voice message on any platform now, not just your phone. And I also want to say we are, we are funded, funded. I am, I have, I have backers. I have people who want to support me. So I, you can too. As, I don't know why I'm tripping over this today. I must be tired. As little as 99 cents a month, you can support this program. And I would thank you. Yeah, I need to go get some more sleep. I also want to thank Jonathan Oliver and Jonathan Oliver Gilbert, and of course, Mark for supporting me. And don't forget to listen to Mark Walring's podcast, The Yawning Owlbear. You guys got podcasts, too. The other three, you guys got podcasts. Let me know, and I'll plug them here, too. So, anyway, uh, until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air. Mm-hmm.